Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Kentucky History and Haunts. I'm Jesse Bartholomew. And today is for you if you are one of the people that prefers the history to the haunts. So I came across the Southern Exposition during my research for the last episode and I hadn't heard of it. So I'm not sure how I went this long without knowing about this, but this is so cool and crazy and I'm just very excited about it. So. I want to start by saying that it is December 7th, 2020 right now. And as of today, there is an exhibit, whoa, sorry, exhibition at the Fraser Museum in downtown Louisville on the Southern Exposition. So if you're local, you should go check that out, COVID permitting. I'm going to try to go see it. So I'm just going to jump right in. Um, President Chester A. Arthur presided over the opening ceremonies of the Southern Exposition that took place in Louisville, Kentucky from 1883 to 1887. Thomas Edison, a Louisville resident, oversaw the installation of the newly invented incandescent light bulbs. The fair was huge, using 4,600 bulbs, outnumbering the total number of all bulbs in New York City at the time. Because they had access to all the fancy new lighting, this expo was the first successful nighttime expo in the whole country. Courts and parks were lit up by the new lamps, and just imagine for a moment walking down a walkway or wherever under artificial light for the first time in your life and like the first time in history. That's something else. So, The light bulbs were just one of many new and exciting technologies featured at the expo, and people traveled from all over the country and overseas to visit Louisville for the event. The city of Louisville had hosted smaller expositions in the past, but nothing on this scale, and they were really banking on it making a name for them. After a few hurdles, the idea was set in motion and a site was chosen that included space from what is now Park Avenue to Hill Street, between 4th and 6th Streets, and over the entire area where Central Park is now. A lot of this area had previously been heavily forested hunting ground that they flattened to make room for the new attraction. Thousands of people gathered on the first day when it was 50 cents admission for adults, half of that for kids under 12, and for everyone it was 25 cents on Saturdays. The plan was originally for the fair to be open in even 100 days and then be finished, but it was so heavily attended that it became an annual event. In fact, during the first 88 days, 770,048 people were in attendance. This was at a time when Louisville's population was only about 156,000. So the main structure was designed by the McDonald brothers and Curtin and covered around 12 acres, which is mind-blowingly big. 
It was a two-story structure built with wood and glass. If you look at drawings, this thing looked like a massive fortress or something. It featured four wings and was surrounded on the exterior by various exhibits. Visiting the main building, one could find a post office, restaurants, and a barber shop, so like fun and convenient. An electric trolley was added to transport visitors around the perimeter of the expo. Please look this up on the internet because going through all the drawings of the interior and the exterior and the photos of all the memorabilia, it, it's really fun. It's really cool. So a huge art gallery was constructed in Central Park, which displayed works from famous international collections. There was a car show, a lumber mill for modern logging demonstrations, a shooting gallery, refreshment stands, theatrical performances, concerts, lectures, and of course, a weekly fireworks display. A giant Mayan temple was built inside the main building, also, the largest piano in the world was built for the Southern Exposition. So this thing just puts the Kentucky State Fair to absolute shame. Which, by the way, I love the Kentucky State Fair and I've won the ring toss, you know, on the bottles. I won that. So I'm like a Kentucky State Fair champ, but I'm just saying this thing blows that out of the water. So... But if none of that's really your jam, the expo also featured an agricultural department complete with a working farm with acres of various crops, which is just, it's so hard to believe if you see this part of town now. Oh, an adorable aside, this department went around and labeled all of the trees in Central Park. I just love that. So the day after the expo opened, a Courier-Journal reporter wrote, quote, we know now that whatever is worth doing, Louisville can do, and when she undertakes it, the end will be entirely satisfactory. The Southern Exposition marked, quote, the beginning of a new industrial era for Louisville. So this was just a really big deal. I mean, we needed it and we did it successfully, and I think it really changed things. So... <laughs> Another great quote here, when the New York Times covered the expo, it also made this note, quote, Louisville has grown on a natural and stable basis since the war. In every respect, it is the most inviting resident city in the West or South. The stranger who is drawn thither will have glimpses of the most attractive quarter of one of the most beautiful cities in the country. In the autumn, winter, and spring, women in the city turn out for what is locally known as the parade. They are very handsome, as a rule, measured by that healthy standard of abundant muscle, plumpness, and a clear complexion. The Kentucky woman lacks the lithe grace of the northern or southern woman. She is usually a comfortable body who lasts well. God, it makes us sound like we're Buick. Um, so I just thought that was a funny thing worth noting. But after the expo ended, the area was quickly turned into residential real estate and sold to wealthy Louisvillians wanting weekend homes in the up-and-coming area. The Board of Trade, which birthed the idea for the expo, closed in 1887. But the group of men wanted to continue a tradition that would promote Louisville's commercial trade. And they wanted it to be something like Mardi Gras. 
So they chose to call it the Satellites of Mercury because Mercury was the Roman mythological god of commerce. The satellites themselves were actually wealthy Louisville businessmen who kept their identities a mystery, except for the man in charge, who was named uh, Peyton Clark. They wore masks to the events and kept the parade route secret to get people excited, you know, stir up some anticipation. So the festival was held annually for another five years following the Southern Exposition starting in 1888. It wasn't nearly as successful, and when they couldn't get enough subscribers to produce the huge parade they typically hosted, they shut it down. So the Satellites of Mercury came to an end, but the Derby Festival traditions of today are still influenced by them, including fireworks, a steamboat excursion, galas, and parades. So there is a book entirely devoted to the expo, which I mentioned earlier. It is called Louisville's Southern Exposition, 1883 to 1887, The City of Progress by Brian Bush. I have, like I said, I have not read it, but I saw it on Amazon and it looks like it would be great. So if you're really interested, check that out. And if you're local and you go to the St. James Art Fair, um, which hopefully... Things will be back to normal by next summer, and we'll get to go. And if we do, remember next time that you're standing in, you know, St. James Court, that that was the site of what was in the 1880s, an amazing, ginormous expo where hundreds of thousands of people from all over the globe gathered in admiration of the feat Louisville had accomplished. So, for this episode, I did not have a book. I used some really wonderful articles from the fabulous Filson Historical Society. Um, also, the Fraser Museum website, frasermuseum.org slash Southern Expo, which you should check out so that you can go visit in person. Um, also, historicglouisville.weebly.com, the Southern Exposition, and louisvillefuture.com, a mighty southern city, Great Southern Exposition of 1883. That is all I have for the Southern Exposition. I'm glad that I know more. I hope that you are glad that you know more. And if you have something else that you would like me to talk about on the show, or if you would like to come on and talk about something on the show, please contact me. I would love to do that. My email is kyhistoryhaunts at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at KY History Haunts, Facebook, Kentucky History Haunts. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, review, and share if you are enjoying this. And I look forward to sharing something with you on the next episode.